0: Take your Bibles, please, this morning and be turning to Genesis chapter 47. Genesis chapter 47. And this morning we come to the last message in our series on the life of Joseph, a sermon series that we call God meant it for good. And, you know, just as it's hard to say goodbye to a family member or good friend Uh, It's a little bit difficult this morning to bid farewell to this Bible character, this man uh, that we've spent so much time with over the last little while since September of last year, actually, as we've studied his life. And before we get too sad today about our parting, though, we know we can go back and visit him anytime we want to uh, here in the book of Genesis. But this morning we'll finish up uh, this particular series on him. God made it for good. And as we turn our attention this morning, uh, beginning in Genesis chapter 47, uh, we want to center our thoughts around three main things that Joseph did. Three main things that Joseph did. And we'll begin reading here and notice the first thing we're going to talk about today is that the fact that Joseph buried his father. Begin reading there in Genesis 47, beginning at verse 27. We'll read several passages here. Genesis 47, beginning at verse 27. Verse 27. And Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt, in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions therein and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the whole age of Jacob was one hundred forty and seven years. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt, but I will lie with my fathers and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the burying place. And he said, I will do as thou hast said. And he said, Swear unto me. And he sware unto him and Israel bowed himself. Upon the bed's head. Keep reading right into chapter 48. And he came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a great multitude of people and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine as Reuben and Simeon. They shall be mine. Drop down to verse 21. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you and bring you again into the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Keep reading into chapter 49. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear ye sons of Jacob and hearken unto Israel, your father. If we were to keep reading there, we know he prophesies concerning them. But go on and drop down to verse 28. And all these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And this is it that their father spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing he blessed them. And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephraim the Hittite. In the cave that is in the field of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephraim, the Hittite for possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife. And there I buried Leah. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is herein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into the bed and yielded up his, up the ghost and was gathered unto his people. Keep reading into chapter 50. And Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians to embalm his father and the physicians embalmed Israel. And forty days were fulfilled for him, for so are fulfilled the days of those which are embalmed. And the Egyptians mourned for him threescore and ten days. And when the days of his mourning were past, Joseph spake unto the house of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found grace in your eyes, speak, I pray you, in the ears of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, Lo, I die. In my grave, which I have digged for me in the land of Canaan, there shalt thou bury me. Now, therefore, let me go up, I pray thee, and bury my father, and I will come again. And Pharaoh said, Go up and bury thy father, according as he has made thee swear. Verse 7. And Joseph went up to bury his father. And with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his house, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, and all the house of Joseph and his brethren and his father's house, only their little ones and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen. And there went up with them both chariots and horsemen. And it was a very great company. And they came to the threshing floor of Atad, which is beyond Jordan. And there they mourned with a great and very sore lamentation. And he made a mourning for his father seven days. And when the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, saw the mourning in the floor of Atad, they said, this is a grievous mourning to the Egyptians. Where, therefore, the name of it was called Abel Misraim, which is beyond Jordan. And his sons did it to him according as he commanded them. For his sons carried him into the land of Canaan and buried him in the cave of the field of Machpelah, which Abraham bought with the field of a possession of a burying place of Ephraim the Hittite before Mamre. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. We find here that Joseph buried his father. And we've taken the time this morning to read the scripture and allow it to speak for itself. As we've been studying through these passages and studying the life of Joseph, we have been tempted at times, I believe, to wonder, is this man real? I mean, is he really flesh and bone? Is it, does he really have human blood pulsing through his veins? Because it's amazing his, his faith and his testimony and how God used him. But here this morning, we're reminded again that he is indeed Real, Joseph had to deal with the loss of his father, his beloved father. Now, some seated here this morning, listening to the sound of my voice, you know what it is to bury a parent, to bury a mother or a father. I had that experience in my own life at the tender age of five, when my father passed away after battling cancer. For those who have never buried a parent. No doubt you've buried those that are close to you, a loved one, a close friend. We realize that death is a fact of life. It's a reality that touches us all. And as I look at Joseph's relationship here with his father, Jacob, several things stand out. I want to share those with you quickly. First of all, we can safely say this, beloved. Joseph loved his father, Jacob. There's no doubt about that. He loved his father. Joseph loved Jacob. We know that Jacob loved Joseph. Theirs was a special relationship between a father and a son. But secondly, I want you to know that Joseph was sorrowful over the death of his father. Look back at chapter 50. We're going to stay there for a little bit. Chapter 50, verse 1. It says, Joseph fell upon his father's face and wept upon him and kissed him. He was sorrowful over the death of his father. He was sad. He had just watched his beloved father pass away. And beloved, I want you to know something. What Joseph did is right. It's proper to feel sorrow. It's proper to feel that sadness over the passing of a loved one. Even for those of us who are believers, those of us who know Jesus Christ, those of us who have that hope and that assurance of heaven, even when the deceased, Beloved person was a believer who is now with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. It's still proper to be sad at that void that's left in our lives. Yes, we rejoice at the believer's gain of heaven. We rejoice that they're with Jesus that they knew him as Lord and Savior. But we're sad. And why? Because that loved one is no longer with us here on this earth. We cannot talk with them. We cannot commune with them. We cannot enjoy those days as we did so long ago. I want you to know something today. You do not need to be ashamed at the tears that flow when a loved one dies. I am around death, it seems. I don't know if I want to say quite often, but I am. And I watch people's reactions and the emotions they go through. And I don't want you to ever feel badly. About expressing those emotions and that sadness and those tears. It's proper and right. Joseph did it. But thirdly, you know what I find here? Joseph honored his father. He honored his father while he was alive. And then I find that he honored his father after he was dead. He honored his father's wishes concerning his burial. I can't help but think about Exodus 20, verse 12, where it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. We know that he loved his father. We know that he was sorrowful over his father's passing. We know that he honored his father in life and in death. And I know this morning that Joseph was a mighty man of God, a mighty man of God. Yet listen. Joseph was not exempt from the sorrows and the burdens of life. He had to bury his father. None of us are exempt from the sorrows and the burdens of life. But what a joy it is to know that when you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are not alone. This also reminds us, though, that all of us are going to face death ourselves, excepting those believers who are alive at the Lord's return who will be raptured up to meet Him. And I say, Even so come, Lord Jesus. But if He does not return during our lifetime, we will bury our loved ones or be buried by them first. Now, don't misunderstand, beloved. This is not meant to be morbid, it's not meant to be discouraging. It's not meant to bring you down. It is a fact. And the key is that we are ready, that we know that our sin is forgiven, that we know that Christ is our Lord and Savior, to know that we have heaven as our home, to know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so I want to ask each one who's sitting here this morning do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you ready? No, we're not wishing death upon anyone today. Nobody's going to say, hey, take me. But we realize it is a fact, a reality. Are you ready? Are you ready? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do your loved ones know Jesus as their Savior? The Bible declares that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, if you've never accepted him, today's the day. Joseph buries his father here and he goes home after the funeral. And, you know, that's the time you really need to be praying for those families that lose loved ones. When things get back to quote unquote normal, they're not normal, but, you know, the routine gets going again. And all the cards and the car, uh, the calls and, and the food stops rolling in. The reality sets in of what has happened. Look what happened when Joseph got home. Verse 14. And Joseph returned into Egypt, he and his brethren, and all that went up with him to bury his father after he had buried his father. And when Joseph's brethren saw that their father was dead, here's what they said. Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, thy father did command before he died, saying, so shall you say unto Joseph, forgive, I pray thee, now the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, forgive the trespass of the servants of the God, thy father. And Joseph wept. When they spake unto him. When they get home. Their brothers. Joseph's brothers begin to look at one another. And say you know what. Dad is gone. You remember what we did to Joseph. We sold him. We mistreated him. He's going to get back at us now. They come up with this story. We don't have any record of of Jacob giving this command. But they, they seek to save their necks. In verses 15 through 17. But I want you to notice how Joseph responded. It says in verse 17. He wept. When they spake unto him, this was no doubt very hurtful to Joseph. He had no ill will, no malice toward them. And I want you to notice that he buried his father. But secondly, this morning, he blessed his brothers. I want you to notice where he turns their attention. Look at verse 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face. And they said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said, verse 19, unto them, fear not. not. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. I want you to notice he turns their attention to God. He says, am I God? Don't you realize that you meant evil, but God turned that evil to good. God sent me ahead. God preserved life by sending me to Egypt. Who am I to stand and and bring out this vengeance upon you? God ordered my steps. God ordered my ways. God brought me to Egypt. God orchestrated our very survival. And I want you to notice instead of harming them, he blesses them. He blesses their families. He comforts them. Realize, beloved, as we've studied all throughout, Joseph had a right perspective on life. He knew that God was in control. He knew that God held him in his hand. He knew that God was the one in charge. He had a right perspective on life. And we know that Joseph did not bless them because of their earthly father, Jacob, only. He blessed them because of his heavenly father. He knew God was in control. Some seated here this morning may be eaten up with bitterness over what someone did to them so long ago. That might be you. And in your more honest moments, you would say the desire to repay evil for evil is very great. At times you love to exact vengeance upon that person. Listen, friend. You need to give that to the Lord. You need to forgive. And you need to leave whatever happens to the Lord's hand and will. Joseph didn't say, hey, Jacob's gone. Dad's gone. Now is my opportunity to get even. He said, no. God is in control. God brought me here. God placed you here. Glory be to God. I'm going to be a blessing to you. I want you to notice with Joseph all the way through, it's always about God, 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 whether he's before Pharaoh, whether he's before his brethren, whether he's before Potiphar's wife, no matter who it is, it's always God. It's always about God, which brings us to our third point this morning. And that's this overriding theme, I believe. And that's this. He believed God. He buried his father. He blessed his brethren. He believed God. Because we read, keep reading verse 22. And Joseph dwelt in Egypt. He and his father's house. And Joseph lived in 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation. The children also of Makar, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land which you swear to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph, watch this, verse 25. Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you and he shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. When you think about Joseph's life, you do have a period we might call the silent years of Joseph's life. Don Anderson said it this way. The Bible so meticulously portrays Joseph from the age of 17 until he reaches his mid fifties. And now in one verse consisting of a solitary phrase, skips over the final 54 years of his life. What happened during that time? Well, we do know this. He became a grandfather and a great grandfather. Verse 23. What else happened? I don't know. Be interesting, though, wouldn't it? But I do know one thing. One thing for certain during that time. That's this. Joseph kept the faith. Say, preacher, how do you know that? How do you know he kept the faith? Look again at verses 24 and 25. Joseph said unto his brethren, I die and God will surely Visit you and bring you out of this land, the land of Egypt, unto the land which you swear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. Even on his deathbed, Joseph was a man of tremendous faith. He held on to the Abrahamic covenant, he held on to the promises of God to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. He held on to those. You know, it's very interesting. He takes an oath of them and says, look, when God delivers you, you take my bones with you. You ever follow Joseph's bones? It's very interesting to follow Joseph's bones. Let's follow him real quick. He takes an oath of him here in Genesis. We move, move now to Exodus 13. If you're following along in your Bible, Exodus 13, let's follow Joseph's bones. You remember how God delivered The children of Israel are a bondage in Egypt. He brought the plagues upon Pharaoh. There arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And they're in bondage there. And God delivers them with a mighty hand. Exodus 13, beginning at verse 17. Notice this. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they return to Egypt. Verse 18. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Look at verse 19. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So Joseph's bones are taken out of Egypt. Fast forward now and go to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua 24. Begin again, reading at verse 29, it's time for Joshua to die. Joshua 24, 29, and it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Serah, which is in the Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill of uh, Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, which had known all the works of the Lord that had been done for Israel. Look at verse 32. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in a parcel of ground, which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for an hundred pieces of silver. And it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar the son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas, his son, which was given him in the Mount Ephraim. Now, we read more about his bones one more time in the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. Would you go there real quickly? Hebrews chapter 11. If you remember your Bible study, you know that Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. Remember, by faith, by faith, by faith. I want to begin reading there at verse 20. Hebrews eleven twenty. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob, and Esau saw concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph. We read about that earlier, uh, some of that. And worship leaning upon the top of his staff. Look at verse 22. By faith. By faith, Joseph. When he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. He said, preacher, okay, I understand he charged them concerning his bones. I understand that Moses, the children of Israel, carried his bones out. I understand that he was buried. Those bones were buried. I understand this morning what it was all done by faith. That's what Hebrews said. Joseph was a man of faith. He believed God. Even when he could not see it with his physical eyes, he believed God. Even on his deathbed, he lay lying himself. He said, by faith, when God brings you out, take me with you. God will surely visit you. I want you to understand something, beloved. Joseph finished well. Glory to God. I can say that today in this study. So many of us start out well. Man, we hit the road and burn it up running for the Lord. But how do we finish? To start well is the key, sure. But how much more important to finish well? To come to the end of our earthly pilgrimage full of faith and love for God. That's how I want to end my life. I'm sure that's how you want to end your life. You ever met any older Christians? Christians? Who are bitter and mean and mad. I pray God will spare me from that. I want to go out full of faith and love for the Lord. What do these bones do for the children of Israel? I like what Warren Weir'sby said. We're almost done. Here's what Weir'sby said. Joseph knew what he believed. And where he belonged, he said at the Exodus, the Jewish people took Joseph's coffin with them and it was eventually buried in Canaan. We just read that. Listen, both in their sufferings in Egypt and in their wilderness wanderings, the Jews received encouragement from this witness for Joseph reminded them of God's promises to Abraham. They could look at that coffin of Joseph and be reminded that Joseph had encouraged them and told them way back when God will surely visit you. God will keep his promises. God is faithful. God made this covenant with Abraham. He will fulfill it. What about us today? We're to be concluded by saying this the believer's source of hope today is not a coffin with a corpse. What is our hope today? It's an empty tomb. He's alive. Joseph said to them, God will surely visit you. What does Jesus say to us? He says this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know. And the way you know. But Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. We find elsewhere in First Thessalonians chapter 4 these words, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And it closes by saying, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And I say today, even so come Lord Jesus. We're not looking at a coffin full of bones. That was a blessing to look at Joseph's coffin and remember his faith. But we look today at an empty tomb. A resurrected Savior. A living Lord. And soon coming Sovereign. Joseph buried his father. Joseph blessed his brothers. But ultimately could do all that. Why? Because Joseph believed God. And he trusted. Do you believe God today? Does your life show it? Is your life all about God? And his glory. Do you know God? Through Jesus. If not, today's the day. Let's pray. Father. We love you. We worship and adore you. Magnify thy name. In all the earth. Magnify your name in this place. Father I pray today. As we've given out the gospel. The gospel truth. If anyone's here that does not know you. Does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I pray this very moment. They'll come in repentance and faith. And find eternal life. For those who do know you father. Father. I pray, Lord, if there's some areas in their life that are not quite what they ought to be. They get that straight today. Father, help us to finish well. Help us to keep the faith. Help us to go out full of faith and full of love for you and for people. Thank you for the testimony of Joseph. We know he's just a man. We know he was not perfect. But he was faithful. And I thank you for that testimony. Work at this invitation time, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.